everybody. Good morning. Matt Middlestad here, and welcome to another No Agent Left Behind podcast, uh, where everything that we do on this podcast is to give back value to agents to make sure that no agent is left behind. That's our mindset. And this morning, we've got a fantastic podcast uh, uh, for you. We're going to be talking about the struggles, okay, that real estate agents have and how you can overcome those struggles. We're going to be going over some scenarios this morning and, uh, so real quick, uh, you know, I'm going to, I've got my buddies here, uh, Bryant Armstrong and Josh Parker, uh, worked with them in real estate for a very long time. And we just love delivering value to you. So this morning we're going to talk about the struggles and, uh, you know, Bryant, uh, had a struggle the other day, which I think some of us real estate agents have actually, uh, had in our real estate careers. And, uh, we're going to talk, talk about a couple <coughs> different scenarios to overcome those struggles. Um, so, Brian, just kind of tell me what happened the other day with your client when you showed up uh, to take a look at a house and uh, how that all unraveled. Hey, Matt. Yeah, man. So uh, it's something that happens every once in a while. Not often, but, uh, you know, the way you overcome it is huge. <clears throat> so uh, Lee came in, wanted to go see a certain house at a certain time. And, and uh you know, I, I go ahead and I go ahead and book the appointment and ask questions and build rapport later when I'm in person. That's usually uh, when you have that face to face, you get a little bit more uh, personal with them, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, so scheduled the appointment to go see this house. So what I did, I went ahead and found another house that was similar that I think that they would like in the same area. Uh, sent it to them in a push listing and she happened to say, oh, you know, I've already looked at that one. Great minds think alike. Let's go ahead and see that, too. Awesome. And so guys, make sure that you're, you know, being active, you know, do things like that to show your value to your clients. Um, you know, send them listings, you know, even though they're only interested in one, find one that matches it and send it to them. Um, sorry, get off topic right there, but I was just trying to preach that, that that's huge and it goes a long way. Um, so anyways, uh, showed up to the house, uh, went great. Saw the first one, saw the second one. And then towards the end, the husband goes, man, we like you way better than our realtor. And so I see the wife kind of look at him. And so like they were coached to book that appointment with another realtor because their agent obviously couldn't make it. And, and he's the one who probably coached them to do it, honestly. Um, then I find out that his mom's in mortgage. And so the agent is probably someone that she knows or a friend of the family or whatever it may be. Um you know, so then I, you know, I just kind of, sh you know, shrugged it off and said, well, I'll follow up with you, you know, tomorrow. And when I followed up, uh, they started giving me that we're just going to commute an hour and a half for work every day. You know, BS is what that is. Um, and so, yeah, I gave them a little bit of space. And then, you know, every day or two, I'll send them a, a listing of what matches their criteria and, you know, just let them know I'm here to help. Um and hopefully they'll be back. You know, I've had that happen before uh, where, you know, you keep delivering value to your clients and, and something goes wrong with their agent who was too lazy to show them the houses in the first place. They're going to remember you and they're going to call you back. So don't take it to heart. You know, just, just know that, um, you know, these things happen. You know, try to take it with that glass half full type, you know, mentality. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely, Brian. And, you know, uh, you know, as a, uh, real estate agents, you know, it's our fiduciary responsibility to, to take care of our clients. But I have a little bit of a different mindset on that. You know, even if they're not my client, I still should take care of them. I should still show good customer service. And, you know, in that scenario, yes, as a as a human being, as a real estate agent, you want to go, hey, man, like, 
you know, I lost today, right? But you really didn't lose. You really didn't lose. You actually got to meet somebody that you could build a relationship with, um, show them that you're a professional, give the industry a good name by not getting all hissy fit and upset and treating them rudely, okay, and being like, oh, well, you know, you should just call your realtor. You went ahead and helped them out, okay? Um, but the the second thing is, is think about, Think about the buyer and, you know, what they're, you know, thinking. They're, they're wanting to see a house, right? Their realtor's not available. And, uh, yeah, nobody wants to go out and waste their time, right? But what's the age-old saying, Brian? Buyers are liars. Buyers are liars. Buyers are liars, you know. And at the end of the day, they're going to do whatever they can to be able to see the house. But, uh, you know, there's a couple scenarios there, you know, and there's a couple of opinions on how you would handle that to avoid that situation. Um, I'm very much like uh, you, Bryant, where I just, you know, I don't ask them up front. Okay. Um, now that's one way to do it. And then you might run into that, you know, one out of a hundred customers that are working with a realtor because you, you wouldn't think that they are working with a realtor. Now, the reason I don't like saying, um, you know, are you, are you already working with a realtor before I go show the house is because I don't want the client psychologically to think that I won't help them if they are working with a realtor, because then it makes it about me and not about them. Now that's me. That's my opinion. Now, Josh here. Okay. Which his opinion is not wrong. Okay. Josh uses a different, uh, uh, approach. And so, Josh, I'd love, uh, you know, your mindset on, on what you do to avoid, you know, that and uh, uh, in the first place when you first get your fir- when you get a lead that comes in inbound call. Um, what do you say? What's your verbiage? Yeah, it absolutely. might work for some people. Um, you know, one of the things, and I think you just nailed it on the head right there, is the verbiage, right? You know, there's ways to say it without saying it, and there's ways of getting it out there to see where that person is because I don't come straight out and say, Hey, are you working with another agent? What I always say in my verbiage is, Hey, have you already been talking with some other realtors about homes? Have you gone out and seen anything that you already like? Because those key words are kind of indicators of, I'm not asking you directly, Hey, are you working with somebody? But I'm, I'm trying to figure out, have you gone out and seen other homes? Have you gone out and done this already? Because then if they say yes, then I can dig in a little more and say, hey, are you being represented? Because if so, I'm not allowed to, to help you out. I would love to. But if you've already signed that buyer's rep agreement with somebody, they really need to be the ones that show you this home. And so if they say, no, we've just gone out and looked a couple times, you know, or, hey, we haven't even looked. This is the first home we're looking at. Great. What time works for you? Two or four o'clock and set that appointment. So for me, it's all about the verbiage and, and getting to that answer up front without them really getting set back or put off by me asking directly, are you working with another agent? Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I love that. Again, it's it's the language and you're talking about to them, you're giving it to them in a way that is, uh, not offensive, right? You're not just going, Hey, are you working with another realtor? Cause if you say that, it's like, well, I only, you're only thinking about your yourself, Mr. Realtor, like, you know, 
So that's great language. Um, and uh, so hopefully that helps out somebody on here. If you are saying, are you working with another realtor? Because I know that there are brokerages out there that train their agents to do that. And that leads me on to the next subject, which is a struggle for some agents as well, where I know there's some brokerages out there that this is just the way that they've trained in real estate. Don't go out and show a property unless they're pre-approved, right? Don't go show a property unless they're pre-approved. And I know some brokerages will train you, okay, especially as a new agent, okay, to ask the client before you even show them houses if they're approved. And uh, I don't agree with that. I always taught my agents, hey, if they want to go see a house, you go out, meet them at the house. That's your office. You know, everybody talks about having an office, bringing your clients to the office. Well, this isn't the 1950s anymore, 1960s, right? We're not going to sit back in an office and smoke a cigar and some cigarettes and some cognac, right? <laughs> you know, we, we live in a fast-paced world. So get out to the house, meet them, build a little bit of rapport. And this is how I always taught people on that question to find out if they're pre-approved. And if you have the mindset of an agent that's like, hey, well, I don't want to go out there and it's a waste of my time. Well, it's not a waste of your time because you're actually building a relationship with this person. And really, how much did it really cost you to drive to a house, take a look at a house? And when, after you've built the rapport, what you can do is you can use this verbiage to find out after they've looked at the first house if they've already spoken with a lender and are pre-approved. And this is how I used to do it. So some agents would just say, hey, are you pre-approved? Like, how offensive does that sound? Like, because if somebody asked me, are you pre-approved? In my mind, I'd be like, well, am I that stupid not to be pre-approved? Like, are you saying that I'm stupid? Like, why are you asking me? Are you trying to find out if I could actually buy this house? Like, you could offend somebody. So the best verbiage to use on that is this right here. Listen, do you need help with a lender? Now, remember, I asked, do you need help? So I'm asking them if they need help or do you already have, sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. Do you need help with a lender or do you already have that handled? So I've asked them if they need help. And then I asked them, do you already have that? Or do you already have that handled? Because then I'm, I'm basically in my language saying, Hey, listen, you might already have that handled because you're, you're a rock star, right? So that's a way to ask them without just saying, are you pre-approved? Right. You're asking them, do they need help? Or do you already have that handle? Simple as that, right? And uh, I think that's a struggle for some agents, you know, because they're worried about wasting their time if they're not working with a buyer uh, that is pre-approved. But I don't know about you guys. You guys can tell me most of the buyers that I've met with in my career, like there's a very small percentage that, you know, are just out there Sunday shopping uh, that, uh, that are actually, that have called to go take a look at a house that haven't already looked at getting an approval, okay, there's a very small percentage that are not that way. You know what I mean? And if they aren't, by asking them, do you need help with that, then you can put them in front of a lender that you can recommend to them, right? Um, yeah. So it, it doesn't hurt to just show one house, right? It really doesn't. Well, and, and one so of the... I got something to... Go ahead, Josh. I'm one sorry. of the things that I, I find not funny, but kind of sad in this business is that, you know, a lot of agents are taught that don't go out unless your client's pre-approved. Well, in today's world, you've got realtor, you got Zillow.com, you got all these places that you can click on an appointment and get out there and take a look at it. And with that being said, you know, 
I've, I see it all the time. Agents hating on all these lead generation places and agents that have paid thousands and thousands of dollars for these lead generations and say, well, it didn't work. And there's a reason that it doesn't work. And that's because they don't follow that exact advice of get the client out there, get them that instant satisfaction, show them that home, build that rapport. Because the way I look at it, and all three of us have had massive success with Zillow or Realtor or those kind of kind of lead gen places. And it's because we do that. We go out and show that home and build that rapport. And, you know, unfortunately, more fortunately, the way I look at it is, you know, lead gen through those companies is not cheap. You know, you're averaging five to $700 a, a lead. Is that not worth going out and showing a home before dialing in and, hey, are you pre-approved? Because if not, I'm not going to show it to you. Well, guess what? That same customer just called Zillow again and said, hey, I want to see this home. They connected with another realtor that did go out and show it. And they yep. just made fifteen dollars or $20,000 on that $500,000 home because you decided it wasn't worth your time or effort. Well, you just wasted five or 600 bucks. Have a nice day. No wonder it doesn't work. Yep. You know, I got something as well. So, you know, I worked, uh, worked for a couple builders <clears throat> before I got my license and they had a very strict policy. You know, they had a whole sales pitch and, and Matt, I'm sure you, you sat in there with me a couple of times. Um, you know, you'd sit in, you'd get an iPad and you put a presentation on the Apple TV and you go through the neighborhood, the builder and everything. And then the last step was submit a pre-approval. And we were absolutely 100% not to show a house until they submit a pre-approval and got the green light to contract. Well, me being the defiant person that I am, I, uh, I very rarely did that because I put, you know, asked myself, would I pre-qualify for a house that I haven't even seen yet? Absolutely not. And so I was always number one, number two sales guy in the country. And, um, you know, I, I didn't follow the rules <laughs> and it's because, you know, I, and even if I did show them the house and they wanted to pre-approve afterwards and they weren't qualified, guess who they came back to when they got their credit scores back up? They came back to me because I was the one that was willing to show them that house, walk them through what to do as far as working on their credit, you know, et cetera. Um, and so, yeah, man, it's very important, I think, to, uh, you know, show them the home, you know, build that relationship. And I love Matt's approach to, uh, you know, do you already have a lender or do you have that handled? Uh, I've used it since I became an agent and it works. Yeah, absolutely. It's all, it's all about language and, you know, at the end of the day, guys, you know, and gals that are listening to this podcast, there's lots of other struggles that, that agents go through. Um, and, you know, I'd like to bring up another struggle that I think is the biggest struggle. I think this is the biggest struggle that agents uh, have and that's uh, keeping their pipeline full. Uh, you know, like Josh mentioned before, we're the most unemployed people. Um, and what happens is, is, you know, we don't, we don't keep our pipeline full. We don't take the daily actions that keep the pipeline full. And, uh, so one of the things I want to talk about is, you know, being able to make sure that you're taking money making activity actions every single day to, to move your business forward, because here's the reality in real estate. Real estate, every agent 
has a real estate license. We all took the same test in our states that we're real estate agents in. What is the difference? We all have the same inventory depending on the market we work in, right? We all have the same tools, okay? Depending on the brokerage, most brokerages have a CRM, right? We all have, you know, uh, the trainings, which most, most brokerages provide you training, right? So who is the difference in the one that is successful and the one that's not successful? It's you. It's you. You have to look at yourself in the mirror. You can't blame it on the real estate industry. Now, there are some things that you can do to make sure that you are getting everything you need. And I always say that you should, you know, partner with people that are successful and partner with people that are going to mentor there and be there with you. So, that's a big decision on your part on who you partner up with in the real estate industry because that does matter, all right? What kind of support are you having behind you? So you have to look at that. But then at the end of the day, you could have all the support in the world. And I've had agents where I've given them all the support in the world, but they're still not taking the daily actions that they need to take. And so lead generation should be almost 80% of your business every single day. I mean, it really should. But what agents do is they get prepared to be prepared to get prepared to be prepared. And then the day goes by. We all have the same 24 hours in a day. And they never, ever get to the level they want to get to because they're not taking those money-making activities to build that full pipeline to where every single month they've got a closing, right? And here's my philosophy on that. My philosophy is, is that Real estate agents, there are real estate agents that treat this like a hobby and they get paid like a hobby. And there's real estate agents that treat this like their business and they get paid like a business. So that to me is where you have to switch your mindset to this is a business. You are running a business. And if you are not opening the doors every day and taking money-making activities then you are not getting any business, which you are not getting any revenue and you are not running your business efficiently. So I'd like to talk to you guys about, you know, daily actions uh, on just keeping your pipeline filled. And, you know, Brian, I'm going to lean on you on this one because we talked about how you were in a little bit of a slump, right? You were in a little bit of a slump. And part of that slump was had to do with you based on your daily actions. So, what did you do to get out of that? Now you're starting to get more busy. What did you do to get out of that? And what are you doing consistently every single day to make sure that you don't go back to that, that slump? So I'd love to throw the call over to you, brother. Oh, man. So, um, you know, I was letting the market struggle blues get down on me, man. And, uh, you know, when the market was hot, I was running Facebook ads and I was having very, very a lot of success with Facebook ads, I guess. And, uh, you know, I noticed when the market started, you know, when it shifted and went the other way, those Facebook ads, they just weren't as good. Um, and then I started thinking a little bit more. I was like, you know, the people who are, there's still people buying here. I mean, we're still selling a ton of homes in the Austin area. And, 
So I was like, where are these guys getting these leads? And so I started looking into other aspects, other avenues. And, and so I, I caved and I went to Zillow, you know, I bought five connections, uh, almost three grand a month. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy, but, uh, you know, 78% of all buyers in this country start off from Zillow, which is a crazy number. And then, you know, so that I just started kind of following the number trail and it led me to Zillow and, and, uh, my first live transfer that I got, uh, went and met him at the house, uh, no go. We, uh, found a couple other houses for him until we finally found the right one with the builder that, uh, ended up being about 30 grand over his budget originally. And the builder was also paying 4% commission. So it paid me back. Um, but yeah, I, I just. I started following the numbers and the numbers all led to Zillow. I mean, I hate, you can't beat them, you know, work with them, I guess. Well, here's, here's the thing, you know, here's, here's the thing. It's, it's, it's kind of like this. If it, and, and I'm glad you brought up Zillow. So um, you hear in all these uh, uh, Facebook groups and, and, and through, you know, networks of real estate agents, they're like, oh, Zillow, you know, you're, you're, you're feeding the beast. You're doing all this type of stuff. And the sad thing is, is that no, you're, you're not like, I used to spend $30,000 a month with Zillow, but I was also making a hundred grand a month. So, you know, that's a return. That's a smart investment. Mm -hmm. Now, unless you want to go out and build your own platform where all those buyers are coming to your platform, don't complain about it. Be, be, have a positive attitude that there's a platform out there that you can invest $3,000 a month and you can make 20 to 30,000 a month, right? Cause if you invest 3000, I know the numbers at Zillow. If you are, you know how to do your job correctly mm -hmm. and you do what we're talking about, which is, you know, meet the buyer on the first visit, build rapport, do everything that we know that we've been taught as, you know, sales assassins, then you're going to make a return on that. But here's the beautiful thing is the, it's just like haters, right? There are haters out there right now that don't like this podcast because they are not, there's something wrong with them, right? It's not you. It's something wrong with them. There are haters out there. I wish I could do a podcast like that. I wish I could do that. Stop wishing and start doing right yeah. at the end of the day. And, 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 and what, what, what Bryant did was he said, Hey, listen, it shifted. I was doing Facebook and, and then I was like, Hey, I need to follow the money. He looked at the money and he goes, Hey, listen, why don't I just go over here? I know if I get the client, I can close them down. So he's not hating on Zillow just because they built a fantastic platform. You know what I mean? Do, do, do you guys, let me, let me ask you viewers out there and you listeners out there. Do you guys hate on Amazon? Or do you buy products on Amazon versus going to Walmart? Do you hate on them for that convenience factor? No, you don't. It's called technology. You, you, you either get in with it or you get out. And the ones that get in and follow it, they're the ones that succeed. Like, don't, don't hate on it, right, at the end of the day. And if you're going to hate on it, go create something else on your own, all right? You're not feeding the beast. Listen, Zillow will never take over the real estate community. They tried. It's not going to happen, meaning they, they didn't try, but they tried their own brokerage. They tried to do the iBuyer thing. They're never going to take away the real estate agent, and let me tell you why. 
because we build relationships. A computer cannot build relationships. The buyer will never just click on a house and buy the house by themselves. Even if it got to the point with AI and all the stuff that's coming on where it was like, hey, you can go up to the house, download the app, unlock the door, kind of like open door, right? And you go in the house, you look at the house, and you say, I want to buy the house. You don't know what else to do next. They need us. They need the real estate agents because they need that relationship. They need to know, even if they made the paperwork so simple, people want to buy from people that they like and they trust. Well, ask yourself, why does all these open-door homes sit for so long? Exactly. Exactly. So I know we got a little off the subject of the struggle, but I also think it's a struggle in mindset that agents have and they think the world is against them and and the ones that are not being successful. And they're like, I just don't, I don't have any leads. I don't have anything. And that brings me to another subject, which is again, if you treat your business like a hobby, you get paid like a hobby, but if you treat it like a business, you get paid like a business. And so that brings me to the subject of when you do sell a house, what are you doing with that money? See, I think a struggle for some agents is they take that money, they spend that money, but they don't take a little bit of that money and reinvest it back in their business. Most real estate agents that I've met have and have had success has taken that money and reinvested. I remember when Josh, you and Bryant came onto my team as new agents, and I, I told you guys, uh, I said, hey, when you get your first couple of sales, here's what you need to do with your money. Here's where you should, you should invest your money back into some lead generation, right? And I'd love for you guys to touch on how that helped your business to where you guys are today, where you're self-sufficient and you don't have to rely on broker leads or, you know, being on a team where, you know, I spoke to this agent the other day and I was talking to her and she's like, yeah, I'm getting a 60-40 split. I'm like, 60-40? Like, like you, you, you might as well call the police. Like somebody just, you know, pardon my French, raped you. Call, call 911 right now. Because you're working for somebody that is taking 40% of all your work, even if it is a lead that was given to you. But guess what they're not teaching you? They're not teaching you how to go out and get that lead yourself. That 60% that you're making you should be no, you should know how to go out and get a hundred percent of a lead. And well, I said, what do you get paid? I said, what do you get paid on if you bring your own lead? And she said, Well, if I bring if I bring my own lead, it's a 50-50 split. I said, So if you bring your own lead, you're you you cultivated your own lead, you're getting 50-50. I said, You need to run and you need to run fast. You're now back to I being employed. You, yep. Yeah, yeah, you're back to yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no way there's no way to scale that, right? So yeah, I'd love to hear from you guys really quick on that because that I think is a big important struggle that agents they don't think about it. They don't think about reinvesting their money. So I'll throw the call over to you, Josh. Yeah. So you know, my first full year of real estate, I ended up right at ten million dollars in in sales. Um, you know, my goal leaving my previous company running construction and making a year was, you know, I want my time, but I want to keep that, that paycheck. 
And so my mentality with it was get out there, put in the action, put in the work, and do what needed to be done. And so I did. I invested in, in Legion. I invested in getting things done so that I could be set up. Was it hard? Absolutely. It's never fun when you're self-employed to go throw out thousands of dollars a month. But in order to build my business, I knew it was necessary. Now, look, there is not that is not the only way to build business. You, If you're limited on funds, find a niche, find a, an area that you want to progress in. And I think a lot of new agents struggle with this. And I've talked to a lot of them here recently that they, they want to do everything in, at once. Instead of focusing in on one or two items and really dial those in and really build your business that way, they get shiny star syndrome and go, Oh, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And they don't ever complete any of it. You know, Brian and I talked to an agent the other day who said exactly that. Well, I have this idea and this idea and this idea. And I go, okay, what have you started? And her answer to us was nothing. I've got this kind of line lined out. I've got this lined out. Pick one topic Pick one area that you want to dial in and focus and be your be the professional at it and figure out how to generate leads off of that. We've talked about it on this podcast several times of start a Facebook group with something that you're passionate about outside of real estate. Build a group because that group will start to reach out to you because they know that you're the face of that group. You're in real estate. You talk about it. You do those things or join a group that's already existing of something that you enjoy. Start interacting with people. Get out there and talk to people wherever you are. But it's all about, like you said, taking those actions and stop thinking about it. Just do it. You know, the old Nike, just do it. It's as simple as that. If you take your action and treat it like you said, your business, you can, there's, a ton of realtors out there that are selling in today's market 20, 30, 40, 50 million dollars a year because they take the action, they do the work, and they follow up. Yeah. And, and you, you, I think if somebody's out there listening and they're struggling right now, you also need to have an accountability partner. Like in this business, having an accountability partner, somebody that you can lean on, somebody that can hold you accountable, whether it be a real estate agent that you get along with at your brokerage, um, that is super important. And, and, and also personal development. Listening to a podcast like this, you are definitely doing personal development right now. But there's tons of different podcasts where there's tons of different people that are giving free value every single day that you don't even have to pay for. And like Josh said, focus on one thing. Like if you if you're broke right now as a real estate agent, if you're if you're at a uh, a job, which I call just over broke job, okay. Job stands for just over broke, okay. If you're at one of those jobs, okay, and you're trying to make it in real estate, what are you doing on the just over broke job on the weekends when you're off? Are you working like a just over broke job and you're sitting by the pool? Do you really want this? 
or, or are you doing an open house consistently for four weeks in a row and getting a buyer that you can get a $10,000 paycheck on? And then you could take that $10,000 paycheck, put 5,000 because you got your just over broke job that you're getting paid on that's paying your bills. Are you taking five grand of that, putting it into some lead generation? And then from there, getting another couple sales and bringing that. And then you get yourself out of that just over broke job because that just over broke job, you're working for somebody else. How bad do you want it? But do you have a coach? Do you have somebody to look you in the eyes and tell you that? And I'm not talking about a paid coach. I'm talking about somebody that will give you free advice. And that's what No Agent Left Behind is about is giving you free advice. So you know how to reach out to us if you guys have questions or anything like that that you need help. But how bad do you want it? And if you're struggling with something, do you have somebody to go and struggle? Like if, you, if you're, uh, you know, if you don't know the sales process, if you don't know how to build rapport, are you learning how to master that one skill by either YouTubing it or reaching out to one of us or reaching out to somebody that's successful in your brokerage that hopefully will help you out? Are you learning how to master that skill? Are you just going through the emotions and going, hey, real estate just didn't work out for me? Did you know in the last 90 days, over 500,000 realtors did not renew their license throughout the United States? That right there is why we do this podcast. It should not be that way. Real estate is the most flourishing career that anybody can have to give you time, freedom, back with your family, and give you a great lifestyle. But if you're not out there taking actions and you're not partnering up with the right people, then you will fall into that category of 87% of realtors fell within their first five years. And I don't want to see that happen to anybody. So Brian, I'd love to throw the call over to you. See if there's any other uh, uh, things that you have seen in the markets in the last, you know, three, four, five years. It's been, I don't know how long you've been in, uh, in the real estate realm, you know, since you left the new build, anything else that you've seen that you think that realtors are struggling with or, things that you struggled with in the beginning uh, that you can give any types of uh, tips on? You know, I think I can tell you what worked best for me. And I think it's good advice for a lot of newer agents. Um, For me, it was all about joining a team, um, which I joined your team and and got those leads that, you know, yeah, there was a split on them, but what that did, it allowed me to get the experience, um, you know, in, in the independent real estate world, it, it allowed me to build capital. And then I took that capital and invested it back into my business and started generating my own leads. And there I didn't need the team anymore. But what was awesome is that anytime I needed advice or whatever, I could call you. It was always an open door. And so that was huge. I, you know, if you're a newer agent, um, you might want to look into that. It may not be the route for you, but uh, for me, that's what worked. Um, and I, I, you know. And if you... It- Here's the thing, Brian, if if you are out there and we don't know where all of our listeners are and you are uh, struggling and and you think a team is a good, a good uh, um, uh, idea for you, what you want to do is uh, reach out to us and, and, and let us give you some tips on some, uh, um, some questions to ask these teams, because not all teams are the same Mm -hmm. teams. You, you might join a team that lock you into a split like that one girl. Okay. Um, where you're not making any money. And, and the sad part about that is, is if the team lead or the team is not actually showing you what they did to get where they got, 
what they did to get where they got. Like if they're not showing you and mentoring you to get you to the next position, that's not the right team for you. And so one of the questions I would ask when you're interviewing, you know, and I do think as a new agent, you should join a team because you are a solo agent as a new agent and you've got nobody to guide you. Like that's, that's a, that's a, uh, those are red flags for disaster. Like you should join a team, but you should also know who you're partnering up with to make sure that they understand your goals and are going to help you get to those goals. And they're not just going to keep you trapped in a team model where you keep paying a split. And then you have no idea how to go out and be self-sufficient. And then you hop to another team and give them your money and hop to another team versus somebody like Bryant and Josh, where they were on my team for like six to eight months and probably less than that. And they were self-sufficient. They didn't need my leads anymore because we taught them what to do and showed them and answered their questions on where the, where we had made mistakes, you know, where we had spent money and said, Hey, listen, this isn't good. Take your money, put it here. And they took our advice and, you know, we're now self-sufficient agents. You know, the, the last thing I want to say is the, the last struggle. And we've talked about this on a couple other podcasts, but I do think that this is a struggle for agents. Um, and it's, it's, uh, you know, I call it loving back on your clients, but, you know, one of the, one of the things, and again, we've talked about it on podcasts, but you're failing, you're failing to leverage on your referrals. Um, you, 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 as an agent, if you sell one house, maybe two houses a year, did you know that you could turn that one house and two houses a year? Cause the average agent sells two to four homes a year. Let's just be real in all reality. Right. Cause there's a lot of agents that do this part time, but one to two houses a year, it, you could turn that into five to 12 houses a year if you leveraged those people that you helped buy those houses. But if you don't do that, then you're not going to, you're not going to get that result and somebody else is going to get that result that does leverage it. So don't, don't forget to love back on your clients. And I, I'm going to keep preferencing that because it is so powerful, right? I mean, it's, it's your business. I mean, they should be your client for life, right? And you should have that mindset. So Guys, before we close out here, um, you know, I think this was a good podcast to go over a few struggles. Is there anything else that you guys want to do in closing remarks on anything today? No, I think uh, we covered a lot, a lot for agents out there to, to take in and, and think about. And, you know, like, like we've all said, take action. Find something today, take action, do the work, and the results will come in just a short amount of time. No, nothing is overnight. Do the work, yep. be consistent, and it'll pay off. Absolutely. And Josh said the key word there, guys, consistency. Consistency is where it pays off 100%. So, yeah, guys, I appreciate you guys as always. I always enjoy, you know, talking and giving back to agents. If, Like I said, if there's agents out there that want to reach out to us, have a subject that you're struggling with, and you'd like us to talk about and give some tips, definitely drop a comment in the, uh, uh, if you're listening to it on the podcast or if you're listening to it on our uh, YouTube channel, which is No Agent Left Behind Real Value, definitely drop a comment there. We'd love to uh, give it back to you. But I appreciate everybody. Until next week on the next No Agent Left Behind podcast, we'll see you later. Have a great day.